0: you're listening to the tag team podcast the podcast that is a wwe network companion currently covering 1984 wwf tuesday night titans and now here are your tag team podcast hosts, jeff jones and john burke
1: what's cracking i'm john burke i'm jeff jones what's up man what you been up to what's going on back from the lake And you survived. Congratulations.
2: I did. I stayed isolated.
1: There you go. That's a pretty good plan. Did you take Corey Feltman with you?
2: No, I couldn't even find my Jason mask. I was very rushed, I guess is the word to say, because we had to pick up somebody else unannounced, which is not <laughs> my forte. Right. And now now worse. Can't give names. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> sure you can. You picked up. That's so what I got
2: it for. <laughs> I sort of like where I live, so. (laughs) Anyways, it was a fun time. I wasn't a fan of the fact that there was nothing to do for the youngins. I mean, you know, they had the lake, but you didn't want to swim in the lake because there's fish, and then you smell fishy, and then there's no real showers there. Nice. Yeah, so you pretty much have to take a whole bath just to even get clean. So, I was like, well, I'll just stay inside where it's a nice 63 degrees, because that's the first thing I do when I went anywhere I stay. Hotel room, turn air down, I'll close (laughs) it It'll get there eventually. Yeah. That's the way I look at it. So after we went out, we met with all the rest of her family and a couple guys I went to school with. And I was like, all right, guys, well, I will see y'all two days from now. <laughs> <laughs> went and hid for a little while as much as I could. And they come back and drug me out. And, oh, we want to do this. And we want to do that. So we got a golf cart and rode around.
1: Oh, man, I haven't been on a golf cart in years.
2: Oh, it's worth it. It was great. It was great.
1: Electric or gas? That was gas. Oh man, I don't think I've been on a gas golf cart. We just had electric ones in Florida, at least most of the courses that I went to had those. Yeah,
2: that's what I was used to. It was just regular electrical ones. And then he says, "Now, now, now, we have gas. It's like, yeah, you do. Let's make a sucker do a wheelie. Get on the back. <laughs> Did he go you
1: know, where we're going, we don't need electricity.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, speaking of electricity, dollar store was just right up the road. So I went out, I got a 50-foot drop cord, I got an extra power strip, and got my little Wi-Fi box. (sighs) No data signal. (laughs) Ah, so mad. I'll try to be live at the lake, and nope.
1: Epic fail. That's okay, it happens. It's hard to go
2: live sometimes. Sucks. It's like AT&T, why do you do this to me? Don't understand. That leads me up to today. Actually, I had a disgruntled episode, I guess, because I went through i had to replace a bed for one of the youngins because they wanted my mattress. So I just, you know, I attempted to call the place I went to go buy my box springs, which the place where I usually go, and to say, "Hey, I'm coming in. I know what I want. The guy's gonna be in parked in the back with the truck. Be ready. I want to get in. Get the hell out, cause it's Saturday morning and a lot of people's gonna be there as soon as they open, cause they're like me. That's what you do. Try to get in as soon as they open and get." Out. and sure enough it was busy as i'll get out whenever i got in there really mattress crazy place? uh big lots can we say big lots oh,
1: yeah they're not a sponsor okay. but we can say okay them. That makes more sense because I was like, mattress place? we got like five or six and within a two-mile radius here. And uh, two of them are right across the street from each other, same company. It's like, really? Who's buying all these mattresses? I've never seen anyone in your parking lot. Why do you need two locations right across the
2: street? I'll have to invite you up to the house where there's nothing.
1: Big Lots (laughs) make sense. I can understand them being packed. They have other stuff besides just furniture. But yeah, mattress stores? Yeah, they do. I don't know how they stay in business.
2: Uh, The demos lay in the bed. And they fold you up until you buy something <laughs> But yeah, like I said, I was going to be courteous I was going to call and say, hey, you know, I'm Jeff You know who I am because I buy all my furniture And things, my couches, I got everything Through you guys, it was, here's my card, here's what I need Here's the truck, loader it, let's get out of here Kind of thing, so I don't spend around 30 minutes farting and sitting in the chairs And laying on the beds and bouncing from bed to bed You know, I'm, I know what I want I got you I do my due diligence before I get
1: there They said, I'm Jeff from the Tag Team Podcast You know me Exactly,
2: yeah. I have my bandana on, you know so you know i tried to call and they're like hey thanks going back yeah i need to speak to my furniture You know, okay hang on five minutes later same music <laughs> ten minutes later
1: your call is very important to us please stay on the line you are the <sighs> i'm sorry you're not the next caller in line in fact you are so far
0: down the list it's actually likely that we won't get to your call today The next human voice that you might hear on the other end of this line is probably going to be the cleaning lady at 11 o'clock tonight, noticing the phone is off the hook. She'll pick it up and go, hello, and and that's, that's the best we'll do for you today. I'm sorry.
2: Hell with it. You know what? I'm just gonna go. So and what I usually do is I'll rent a U Haul and I'll go up to there and I'll just toss it in and I'll shut the door and I'll just take it that way. You don't have to worry about tying stuff down. You don't have to worry about it blowing out the side of the out the back of the truck or anything. You don't have to borrow nothing from anybody. It's usually what I do and for the U Haul rental places, my house, and big lots, oddly enough, as far out as I live, it's not that far away. So I don't really have to pay anything in gas. Usually I don't burn that much. So it's win win for me. Yeah, sounds like it. Well, they did not have the u-hauls magically you know the holidays everybody's moving i guess
1: who doesn't move on july
2: 1st canadian day or get furniture and take my idea i don't know
1: (laughs) people have to buy those patios for those one-time uses on the fourth
2: yeah no you're right they do that that was probably what i neglected good to see that i'm glad you pointed that out now a little late but i appreciate you pointing that out for me because that's that's a damn good point (laughs) i should have called you that's right that was my first mistake call john takes time when doing anything got it all right (laughs) I'm going out in public culture. <laughs> get my notes together. I look organized. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> so yeah, so I called them. They didn't have a U-Haul. I was like, great. What do I do now? I called a guy. He had a truck, a little Nissan, and we took off. It's like, yeah, we're gonna go, and it. 45 miles an hour. Fantastic. <laughs> Let's just go and get it done. So I get there. I'm like, all right, man, here's what I need you to go to the back. Just go down the alleyway. There's big orange poles. We're at an orange store. Big orange poles. that says unloading. Just back your tail in there and just wait. I should be out of here in no time. Theoretically. <laughs> Hell no. Damn, golden girls were in there sitting on all the mattresses, sitting on the tables. Yes, sitting <laughs> on tables. Yes, you heard me correctly. I wish I had a picture. I should have took a picture. Oh, that would have been great for the webpage. Yes. Blurred out the face. But Rose's face, or one of the Golden <laughs> Girls on there. But she looks so creepily similar to one of the Golden Girls.
1: Betty White? She got have an autograph.
2: <laughs> no, not Betty White, the other. other <laughs> that oh. one. That's a little old lady, too.
1: Not Rose, then. I mean, I don't know anything about the Golden Girls. What are you talking about? What's this place?
2: Anyways. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, they were sitting on stuff, and... You know, I'm in shorts, flip-flops, and a shirt, just trying to get out of there. Sir, do you work here? (laughs) Yeah, I sure do. You see everybody running around in shorts and flip-flops that works here. Sure do, lady. That's why I like to call and just just have my sh at the door <laughs> all right yeah I'll pay for it let's not just want to go I just want to leave yeah that was my morning I was not happy with that so finally after getting everything out the door finally after finding it making sure it was right then we had to load it and tie it down well he only has one tie down you know
1: That's all you need right
2: <laughs> undoubtedly you know cuz you just don't haul everybody else's stuff in your truck it's just for looks. Oh wait
1: that was one ring to remove them all not one tie down
2: I'm sorry <laughs> my bad. it worked So needless to say, he decided to take the interstate with a big box springs. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the the looks were exactly what you're laughing at. I'm still waiting on YouTube for two idiots in a truck because <laughs> needless to say, one tie down, the box springs flapping like there ain't no tomorrow, smacking the bed of the truck. I'm like, oh, this is good. This is, this is going to end out well. Did you
1: attempt to hold anything with one hand?
2: No, it was in the bed. Oh, okay. I thought, well, worst case scenario, I could get out and sit on the box springs to keep it down. Worst case scenario. It's not illegal. Yeah, it's fine. Safe. completely really safe.
0: The views and opinions expressed by jeff jones during this podcast are those of his and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of john burke the united states department of transportation any listeners or subscribers to the tag team podcasts
1: (laughs)
2: <laughs> so after that, that was probably the worst part of my day. Then getting everything installed and set up and moved out, I'm here.
1: Good deal, man.
2: So how was your time away since the last time we were able to record?
1: Well, it's been a while. I had a anniversary on Wednesday of last week. I loaded up the car. We went drove to China Grove, Rockwell area to go to Tiger World. Get about a mile out and Google GPS is now nice enough to say, hey, you're close to your destination, but it might be closed. So we called, and sure enough, the place closes every Wednesday for some reason. Luckily enough, we were close enough to Zootastic that we could take some back roads and we ended up going there instead.
2: Zootastic? What was that like?
1: It's pretty good. I've been to both about the same time frame, so it's been about two years since I've been, but it's about $12. get you in they have a wagon ride there. They call it a wagon. It's pulled by a tractor and uh, two trailers that have benches on the side. And they go in a big queue, but they stop three times. And the animals are very much aware of what's going on. And they start coming towards you because they you know food. So you can feed them and things like that. And that's half of it. And that's including the $12. You don't charge you extra for that. And then they got other areas where you just walk around and look at their, their other animals. Animals, including probably their next attraction would be the giraffe where it's built so high up that the giraffe's at your level when it comes through this uh, little door type window you can feed it and whatnot
2: they have a place like that in mooresville uh, close to mooresville lazy five ranch
1: yeah it's kind of similar in a way lazy five you're just driving around the whole way but here you got the wagon and you can walk around at your own pace and stuff they have a ton of goats goats are cheap i guess but that's the main feed area that they try to focus on before you get on the wagon you can feed the goats and when you get off you can feed the goats but they got some other animals there as well and said the giraffe thing was new last time we were there they had a baby giraffe this could be the same giraffe for all i know fully grown yeah it's at your level and you can feed it at your leisure there's no one there to hey don't get too close or anything like that and then they have some kangaroos you can actually go out and pet and stuff like that they keep them in like a barn area where if they're close to the railing, you can pet them and stuff. Oh, nice. Yeah. One thing I didn't like about Lazy 5 was the dirt that my car got. I didn't go on their wagon version. I went on my own Saturn at the time, and yeah, it got filthy from
2: all their red dirt. Yeah, me and the girlfriend and the youngins we went to the Lazy 5, and they had a, you can ride the tractor, or you can take your car. It's up to you. (laughs) Well, seeing how aggressive the animals were when you had a bucket of feed. yeah. We lost ours first. 30 seconds. <laughs> I said, Well, I'll probably stay on the tractor. Probably the best thing. And we had a couple in front of us as we were parking. Really nice BMW. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was nice. They decided that they wanted to drive through. I was like, Yeah. I said, Hey, baby, you might want to keep an eye on this car because Get something's getting ready to happen. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Definitely. I wish I would have recorded. I thought about it. Sure enough, they were feeding the, not ostriches, but they're the emus, maybe. Maybe they're emus. I don't okay. know. What Kinda look like a, uh, they kind of
1: look like an ostrich or ostrich. an emu.
2: Yeah. Well, somehow they rolled the window all the way down, and the emu stuck its whole head <laughs> into the car and started eating out of the bucket, because I could imagine feed going everywhere. Yeah. And then they try to drive on, but you can't really drive with the emu's head in your car. Yeah. <laughs> You might hurt it, and then you'd probably be hung out to dry with alligators. So, the Emu proceeded to eat the lining from the car window, rubber, <laughs> break it all out, and and, and I was looking because the next sign was "We are not responsible for damage." <laughs> <laughs> I was like that's well placed. Yeah drive at your own risk i said yeah no we're gonna pull over here and i'm gonna pay the extra i think it was an extra five bucks for all of us i said it's all <laughs> easy easy decision yeah best decision well,
1: we had a similar type experience it didn't tear up our car or anything but yeah that first animal when you first start just went in there aggressive turned over the bucket most of the food went on his side and yeah it's like okay well there goes the food for any other animal. those animals aren't dumb they know what they're doing
2: there's always one to ruin it for everybody. Yep, strike first, strike hard, and get all the food. Yep, strike Exactly.
1: Run. That was Wednesday. TV went out. I got a part for that off eBay for twelve ninety nine. Was able to do my first open HD TV surgery successfully. Just took two attempts, but yeah, I got it. So now the TV's working again. Save some money there. And then on Monday we drove out to Berry Patch, which is semi on the way to south of the border. It's not that far, but it's the same similar route. About an hour twenty or so from here. And went out there and they moved make homemade ice cream and have produce from their farm and stuff like that and hanged out there for about an hour we got there like 7 30 they closed at 8 30 and then came back but nothing too strenuous but some adventuring
2: why not you just yeah, Well, do what i can sounds like a hell of an anniversary yeah
1: it sucked we didn't get to go to the original destination but still got to see animals it was daycare day at zootastic but we got on the last wagon ride before it was all daycare people and we left before it got infiltrated with too many there was a lot more in the parking lot than when we got there but it didn't really affect us while we were there
2: so moving back to your tv story if mm-hmm. my TV breaks, are you on call? Uh,
1: maybe. I mean, I got it all from the great internet, but apparently there's three boards. The cheapest one was what broke on mine, so I just had to find that part, which was probably the biggest hassle because it's not a one-stop shop on that. And once I got the part on eBay, I just had to disconnect the old one and connect the new one, and hardest part were the ribbon cables, because you can't really ever tell if they're properly secure or not, so that's what took me two attempts and the worst part was just unscrewing everything twice and then having to put it all back together twice
2: so you're saying that you are available
0: everybody's got a price
2: i can consult for okay a small
1: fee sold john burke at tag team podcast at gmail.com
2: Definitely.
1: Yeah, I was surprised I could do it. It's the first time I ever attempted to repair, but it's probably a lot easier HD than the old tube types that have all kinds of components in them.
2: Oh yeah, I agree with that statement. Although I have no experience, I just agree with you. Yeah,
1: I've seen the insides. Those look pretty complex. No soldering involved here, just unsnapping and reattaching with screws and ribbon cables.
2: Ribbon cables. Ugh. Yeah. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Do anything else exciting? Uh, nothing that I can
1: recall. I'm sure I probably left something out, but I I think that was pretty much it, or the
2: highlights at least. All right. Well, speaking of highlights... Shall we highlight episode 11? Previously on the Tag Team Podcast. Episode 11, October 2nd, 1984. We had Vince McMahon and Lord Alfred Hayes opening the show. And we learned that they were very sad that Lady Diana did not name her first son after Lord Alfred Hayes. I don't know how I'd feel about Prince Lord Alfred Hayes. They wouldn't be a lord, would they? Just be Alfred. Prince Alfred. Prince Harry. Prince Alfred. Theory. Anyways, I don't think it matters. Uh, next up, we had Adrian Adonis visiting Dick Murdoch in his house in Texas this time. Then after that, we had Mr. Bobby the Brain Heaton join the TNT set. It was a good segment. I always liked him and about anything he did, he's always really quick. And then next, we had a cut to video of Sergeant Slaughter and Alexis Marino. And when we cut back to the set, we have B. Brian Blair. He joins the TNT set and he talks about how he loves the unpredictability of the show. And when he's wrestling, he adopts in any style to whatever that other wrestler brings. So that he's very adept. And we cut to a match with the Moondogs versus Spike Huber and B. Brian Blair. Then once we finish with that match, we come back to Brian Blair. Does some amateur wrestling and some slapping and some childish play that ends up in Brian Blair throwing his demonstration buddy into a guillotine pinfall as he screams for pain. Next, we have the Lord. Alfred Hayes viewer mail. Then after that, we have Buddy Rogers who joins the set, and Buddy Rogers is our nostalgia point. And we learn that he's held more zone championships than anybody with an 11-year reigning heavyweight championship, along with NWA and WWF at the same time. Go, buddy! (laughs) Next, we move to my favorite, Doctor D, David Schultz versus Steve Lombardi, which we know how that's going to end. Steve, (sighs) poor guy, spin an elbow. Dr. D takes the pinfall victory. And then we come back, and they have a new segment called The Lovelorn Advice to the Lovelorn. It is where they get random people, wrestlers, managers, and they start giving love advice and relationship advice to people that write into the show on top of the viewer mailbag. After that, we get to see the Iron Sheik. We get to learn about his culture and about how he relaxes and some of his exercising, which is the Iranian club swinging. Then we also see there is a match between the Iron Sheik and Billy Travis and we all know how this is gonna end as well he does the camel clutch to get to the victory and then Iron Sheik brings a very special guest with him to the TNT set after we go back and it is Claude the camel and Claude does pretty much steal the show I believe it is his best friend and since he's been small and that is his workout partner and they both deprive themselves with water, food, as camels can store, you can store too. And that is Tuesday Night Titans, episode 11. Hi, I am Bosley, and I
3: am here with Hulk Hogan. Hulk, thanks for being part of this promo for the new Tag Team Podcast Shop campaign. Sure, no problem. For each shirt or item sold, a portion goes to the Tag Team Podcast to help fund the web bandwidth cost. We have shirts starting at $24.49. Wow, that's unbelievable. If you sold all those shirts, where's my percentage? Hulk, you don't get a percentage. Some of the money goes to the Tag Team Podcast since they are their shirts those are my shirts i've got a right to sell them do you want to cash me outside how about that's not what i want look man i made a mistake i apologize i was a real horse's ass that's what i thought to visit the tag team pod shop go to shop.spreadshirt.com slash the tag team pod shop all one word or click on the link in the description of this podcast or on the side of the web page do it brother i guess i blew that one it's okay hulk our listening audience are used to it that's for damn sure
1: recapping the 12th episode of tuesday night titans october 16th 1984 vince and lord alfred hayes open the show remember what the opener was for this one
2: indeed this was special vince welcomes us to tuesday night titans with the elder uncle of boy george alfred hayes and alfred hayes states that it's because of the colors of my suit right <laughs> and i believe he asked vince to redo <laughs> his introduction and vince says up next we'll see big john stud and the tonga kid and much more <laughs> so he won't go get a redo on that i guess no redos vince probably wish he had a
1: couple of redos in this episode oh yeah first up They're keeping with their new tradition and no opening matches or guests. They go right to a vignette. We get to see Sergeant Slaughter train new Cobra Corps recruits. And what was missing from this was Mr. Terry Daniels. I think he's been dishonorably discharged from the Cobra Corps.
2: No! (laughs) I thought he was already a member. I thought he had already been hazed
1: do you think he would be the squad leader if that was the case and he was not so i would think he would still be there but we shall see so far no mentions of mr terry through two sergeant slaughter appearances so we go on site and basically just picture a boot camp with sergeant slaughter and about uh, i'd say eight other guys and one squad leader sergeant slaughter gets up on deck and starts going over the core values
0: and you all know what you're here for don't you yes sir we're here for one thing and that's america isn't it yes sir what are we going to do with america we're going to clean it up aren't we yes sir we don't want any more iranians around do we no sir we don't want the russians invading us do we no sir you know the cobra core stands for what america that's right correct america and that's what we want to do we want to clean up america of all the trash
1: and that's what we're going to
0: do starting today
3: I'm Donald Trump, and I approve
0: this message.
1: I thought that would fit pretty good with today's message,
2: sort of. Let's go back to the beginning here. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, please imagine Sergeant Slaughter, a young Slaughter, walking out of a tent in the woods. And about 15 other tents in the woods. That is the secret training area. You (laughs) said boot camp, and I kind of got this big, luxurious, you know, things with little walking trails and... No, it was in the woods. Something set up really quickly.
1: Yeah, I was living with the fantasy they wanted to give me.
2: <laughs> well, they should have did this on audio. The video <laughs> was... Horrible.
1: We find out when they start going through line, and he starts yelling at him that apparently the odds are pretty great that if your name is Coon, you will end up in the Cobra Corps. As out of the eight people, there were two people named Coon. I'm not sure what the odds of that are, but apparently pretty good if you're in the Cobra Corps.
2: Definitely. So what's going on with that guy's blue pants? As they were doing roll call. I don't know. I have a clip. Your name spit out, Coon, sir. Coon, yeah. Yes, sir! What happened to your outfit, Coon?
0: I don't know, sir! What happened to your shoes, Coon? Lost them, sir! What about your pants?
2: Bad news, sir! Well, let's get this boy some pants! Did he say bad news? <laughs> yeah. Bad news, sir. Look <laughs> like bad news brown out
1: there? Maybe he had a shirt. I don't know. <laughs> possibly bad news brown sir stealing (laughs) pants sir keep an eye sir so what he should have said i'm just following the squad leader sir who also has pants on that are jeans sir just like mine sir but he didn't so i don't know why you would yell at one guy when the guy that's leading your guys is wearing the same attire that the guy that you're yelling at is but whatever
2: maybe the blue jeans represented the leader kind of like in the wolfenstein 3d video games (laughs) He had the blue people that was the higher ups and then the trainee Nazis were the were the brown. There
1: you go. I'm sure Vince was probably aware, so you're probably right
2: what I was thinking. That's the first thing I was thinking about was Wolfenstein.
1: And anyone familiar with Howard Stern, I don't listen to it that often, or really, I hadn't in years, but when it was on E, you would get to see actually who was doing the talking. And yeah, one of the guys out there looked like a young Baba Booey.
2: Is that the guy with the lungs? Yeah, it's
1: the guy that liked to yell his names and was kind of talking from the side of his mouth when he talked.
2: Is that the one that Sergeant Slaughter commended him on his lungs? Yeah. set of horns, yep. but you couldn't understand a word he said?
1: Exactly. I couldn't tell you his name that he gave because yeah didn't make it out no matter how many times i went back
2: slaughter cutting neither.
1: okay whatever good lungs yeah that's it
2: yeah that's all we like somebody could scream aloud <laughs> when he's getting stabbed we'll know where he is yeah
1: exactly usa
2: number one
1: slaughter makes them yell stuff out while they're going through these little obstacles that they have set up there it's usually only one guy actually doing the yelling though. then he goes by the camera one time at one point and goes cobra core right in front of the camera while it's like at ground level it's like this looks so fake
2: yeah it's kind of opposite of the mess hall
1: yeah the mess hall was very interesting it was one of the last scenes in there before where they take the oath, which apparently is you must know the Pledge of Allegiance, even though it looked like some of them were reading it. It's like, really? guys don't know that? Okay. But inside the mess hall, have another spiel.
0: We don't eat like pigs in the Cobra Corps. Do you like the American food here? Yes, sir. Do yes, you rather be eating Vietnam rice? No, sir. Would you like to be eating Russian food? No, no sir. Iranian food? No, sir. You, what's your name, Porky? Boon, sir. You always eat like that? No, sir. We don't eat like that in the Cobra Corps. We eat like gentlemen. Let's square it off one time.
1: Apparently, Kuhn was the troublemaker. He was eating it like drinking soup. And yeah, Sergeant Slaughter didn't approve.
2: Yes, I agree. There was no point eating like a slob. Um, I liked rice. I had no problem with the, with the rice
1: San Francisco treat. I like that he couldn't think of any Russian food or Iraqi food. I'll just
2: say Russian food or Iraqi food. Yeah, the fast food. Well, I guess I always eat Russian food. Yeah, exactly. In a way, think about it. You're always Russian. <laughs> And Slaughter said, you don't need to give away your location or we'll all be dead, as he screams at them louder than they were. <laughs> Go team, right? Yep, exactly. And then at the end of the video, we end it with Pledge of Allegiance. As they read the Pledge of Allegiance. Good job, guys. You must have been amateur hour at the karaoke bar. I <laughs> guess so. Well, I'm exhausted from that workout. <laughs> It was kind of weird as he was talking to him, you know, as he stood up on that little deck. He said, I'm glad you all could make it, even though I selected you. I'm like, why wouldn't (laughs) they show up? You selected
1: them. Yeah, the wall scene was interesting as well. That poor black guy had to go twice. Like, what the hell? You got eight guys. You only show two go down, and one of them's the same guy.
2: He was showing the last guy how to go down, because Slaughter was going to throw his ass over the wall. He didn't go down.
1: He went down once, and then they show him go down again. It's like, dude, that guy's quick. (laughs) Climbed back up there. Went down twice.
2: You don't play no games, man.
1: Baba Bowie was not good at the wall and I guess had no prior military experience. Maybe he was one of the sound people or something. They just wanted to throw him out there for fun.
2: Yeah, it's always good to be a jobber in a <laughs> little cut scene. Exactly.
1: Next up, we got Cheeto Santana back. Your favorite. Yes, this was one of my most favorite scenes. Old Cheeto.
2: <sighs> Give the guy a break.
1: <laughs> oh, someone oh. did. <laughs>
2: Oh, I know who did that damn referee that he hired two episodes ago that he forgot to pay. That's what happened. tried to blame the hammer i don't like
1: that Nah, he's a big pussy cat mm-hmm. sometimes, sometimes you don't see him in a parking lot
2: or you're 300 pounds yeah exactly Thanks for kids.
1: tito meets neither one of those requirements
2: well but we do learn that tito is going through something he's never had to go through for which is a serious injury even though he's been a football player and a wrestler yep you know he's like oh i've never been through this before and like, good. <laughs> shut up <laughs> Getting paid, you know, out the rear end for money. Go do your fake surgery and come back out. Exactly. But even though Tito says, you know, the referee asked me, could I wrestle? You know, he was willing to call it off, which I would have said, oh, by all means. <laughs> <laughs> cut that off. Tito said he's never threw in the towel before at anything in his football career or in wrestling. He won't go make today. And he said that was the mistake. And then we cut to a video. Vince, do you want to take it away? Vince
1: McMahon, wishing that they could have free takes on Tuesday Night Titans <laughs> or editing. We'll let you listen and see if you pick up on it, then we'll comment.
3: To, uh, to some
0: videotape footage of Tito Santana in action. This is a matchup, however, prior to... The loss to Greg Valentine. Let's take you now to Greg Valentine's opponent. Indeed, let's take you to Tito Santana.
1: Oops. Greg Valentine's opponent. Yes, his opponent. The guy sitting next to me.
2: I wasn't really sure where he was trying to go with that. I think he was thinking about his wife. Mm, it's good thought. <laughs> Anyways, we cut to a video, a match: Tito Santana versus Rene
1: Goulet. Everyone's favorite glove wear. That yeah, was a good match. I thought basically Vince could have summed it up and saved us some time if he just would have played the clip that I got.
3: Santana in no danger of being pinned by Rene Goulet,
1: and that would have been it. We wouldn't had to watch it, but last we actually had to watch it. So we'll do some commentary on it. It was Tony Gria and Vince on commentary. It's a non-title match. so... So that's the only way Tito's going to win nowadays. And it was like a typical match that I noticed when it started off. It started off really fast and then they got really slow.
2: Yeah, that's Tito's weakness, I believe, is the slowness. But I did notice in the match, while Tito had Goulet in the head scissors hold, the referee just kind of stands back at the turnbuckles and just kind of watches it happen. <laughs> he doesn't ask if Goulet wants to quit. He doesn't check the hold or anything. He just says, all right, well, Bob Backlund did this to you last time. We'll see what you learned. <laughs> See what we got going on. Maybe he's getting paid not to by paying off the rest. Something, and then the closing end of the match, John. You got to help me with this because I don't understand this concept. I got the claw. <laughs> and, you know, if you're Big John Studd, Andre the Giant, or Mark Henry, that works in your favor. We got it. You could smash his head like a pumpkin. The hell's Rene Goulet doing with the claw on Tito Santana?
1: I guess you would have to be a big fan of Ivan Von Rosky, a W.A. guy, and he used the claw. Let's see only thing i can think of is he just stole his finisher and he wasn't a big guy either but that's the only thing i can think of because it doesn't look like a real imposing move let alone something that you would actually pin a guy off of or anything like that alas that's what renee grulet has chose to use as his signature move and i don't know i don't think we've seen him win one yet with it but I could be wrong. matter might have won brawl to end it all. I don't remember who his opponent was on that. If not, then yeah, I don't think he's won any
2: on that. No, I don't see it being a very effective move. I don't know how it would be if you put your hand over, maybe if you squeeze the temples. But I mean, you open yourself up for some shots in the bread basket. They get the thigh, they could take the knee out, they could step on the ankles, they could step on the toes. <sighs> I don't know. I just didn't see it very effective wrestling.
1: No, it's definitely a 1960s, 50s move that they could get away with. Them. Didn't work. Probably one of the reasons why you don't see it right now in the modern
2: era. Yeah. But do we have the results?
1: Do we know who won? Flying elbow by Cheeto. Flying forearm. I said he landed in the nose or the kisser, as Vince said, but it looked like to me he landed on the forehead. So
2: he won.
1: And I thought it was interesting that Howard Finkel was in the crowd, but was not doing announcer duties. He was wearing like a yellow shirt just hanging out in the crowd. He
2: did not look entertained, the least
1: (laughs) no it's like why is that guy in my job i don't want to be
2: like him Exactly. I wonder if they're iron. I wonder if I can apply to do that job. Finkel? Was his last name? I've always thought it was yeah. Fink.
1: It's Finkel. They call him the Fink. Oh. But yeah, it's Howard Finkel. All right. The Fink sounds better. Yeah, it does. That's probably why they call him that. Before they get too in-depth in the interview, we have a return from a guest last week. Or maybe Superfly Jimmy Snicker was back in the house. Because at the 24-38 minute mark, we have Squeaky Door back.
2: In professional wrestling there's so many good athletes and there's one man that I'm concerned about and that's Greg Valentine and can-
1: I still haven't learned when we're filming don't open the door
2: it squeaks it'll be picked up do you see the red light above that door <laughs> don't enter the door when the red light's on watch full house it explains it all when the red light's on don't enter the door it's pretty simple or apparently maybe they just
1: don't go back and watch the episodes after they tape them I don't know but yeah we did have return of the squeaky door and I think get plays a couple of times in this episode as well.
2: Yes, there was a lot of opening and closing of doors. You know, <laughs> WD-40 I guess.
1: Nope. But then, once we're able to refocus and get back in this segment, they go back to Tito so we can go back on the set and talk up his injuries some more and we get to see the fake footage of him going to the hospital and getting fake surgery on his fake injury.
2: I've had some surgeries in my time. You know, the tonsils, appendix, etc. etc. I've had that done. And I was never allowed to keep my sunglasses on during
1: the whole time. You have to be an intercontinental champion for them to allow you to do that, or at least a former intercontinental champion.
2: And I've never walked up to the desk and they just know who I was, so (laughs) that kind of killed it for me. But when you walked up to
1: the desk or rolled up from your wheelchair, did she talk like a robot due to the crappy
2: audio? I don't think so. I was in too much pain when I walked up to the desk to really remember every time i've had to go so i don't remember if she was a robot or what exactly she was doing even if it was a she that was probably the, the saving grace for this
1: segment to me was the crappy audio or it was like okay tito we will go and get the doctor now like wow robot cool
2: <laughs> oh here we go
1: <laughs> it was funny that the same lady goes from receptionist all the way to the back to the, where the doctor's at. You don't see that too often. Usually the reception lady stays up front and doesn't go anywhere else. Either the nurse was playing double duty. Could be just something you don't see in today's doctors, at least where my doctor's office, usually two different people. Especially at a hospital, for sure, two different people.
2: Well, it is the 20th century now. so 21st. Well, we are up to date, I should say.
1: Yeah, I don't think back then they had assistant nurses. They just had nurse doctor, so
2: who knows. Yep, Uh, I'm inclined to believe that, but there's no sense in alien talk. Hi, Tito, we've been
0: expecting you. Uh,
1: Apparently the surgery went okay. He got to wear his sunglasses again, (laughs) and they got him after he got done drinking or doing some drugs. He gave his little Arriba talk, but he was all slow, and it was awesome. I will get better, and I will come
2: after you. And payback's going to be hell. Arriba. I almost didn't say USA number one. I was good with (laughs) it. Yeah, I wasn't impressed with the surgery or with really anything about it. I don't know, I'm just looking at anesthesia hours. I'm just not seeing
1: it. We'll save some of my other thoughts on it for the review of the whole show. It was definitely... I could have done without the clip. I guess they need some filler or something. Or thought it would be awesome since it was on a different location to put it in the show. I don't know.
2: Yeah, enough of that pity party. Yep, moving on.
1: Next up, Big John yeah. Stud. He's back. This time, he's going to lift...
2: 630 pounds as a warm-up (laughs) rep.
1: Yep, allegedly. So, Big John Studs there to attempt to bench press 700 pounds as a record. Anything you like to commentate on this little segment? A
2: little trivia. They claim that they didn't know who holds the world's bench press record, which I believe it's 686 and some ounces, which ounces don't matter. And actually, they're correct. From what I was looking on the wiki here, Ted Arkady, Arcady, mm-hmm. he's, he's up in an upcoming episode of Tuesday. Nine Titans, by the way. Oh, yeah. Bench press challenge. Maybe. Yeah, he <laughs> set the bench press record at 686 without the wrist wraps on April 1st, 1984, in Honolulu, Hawaii. Now, the difference is, I think Big John stud said he was over 300. I believe is what he said. Yeah, I said he was like 380 or something. I don't know. Our Ted Arcadi, we'll go with that. He only weighed 286 and he's benching 700.
1: Take that, giant.
2: Yeah, tall guy. <laughs> and john did you count the weights
1: it took me a lot of pausing (laughs) because the weights were all different colors or different shades of gray or black so it's kind of hard to see but i think i finally got it and i counted 13 total there's 12 six on each side so that was 45s. the bar itself weighs 45 so there's 13 so that plus the 70 that he adds on the record-breaking attempt to me does not add up to 700 pounds i am sad to say no yeah. yeah that would be 655 big john stud calculator
2: and he did a warm up rep with 630 or
1: 585
2: yes but for the sake of the show it was 630 he said and he struggled and yes.
1: WWF weight was, and
2: he struggled to, to put that up whenever he was lifting so I knew there was no way in the world he was going to lift this 700 supposedly because it was just too much you could tell he was winded and really red after he did that 630 he should have maybe went down to 135 or maybe 245 a couple times the warm-up or maybe some push-ups
1: i'll give them a c-minus because i would think but maybe they didn't have the budget for it they could have got something that looked like weights and then just made it look like 700 pounds and not actually weigh that but i don't know maybe they didn't have the budget to to do anything like that back in 84
2: or maybe use some of the bugs bunny blow-up weights yeah that he would use something like that yeah and just right on there 700
1: pounds each one. 350. Watch me lift this.
2: It's 700. Yep. It's 700 pounds of air, steel, feathers. It's 700. (laughs) It weighs well, the
1: same. Exactly.
2: The only thing that i seen the when he attempted his 700 lift was Vince never put down the microphone to help him to lift off when he was spotting. What a good journalist does
1: never put down your mic.
2: And that really didn't help lifting. But I think if I was going to lift 700 pounds, I would have my own spotters come with me personally. And that bench was looking pretty wrecked, to be honest with you, before he even got on it.
1: Yeah, it looked like something they picked up at a garage sale.
2: So. so naturally with the sorry lifts, with the the very, very yard sellish weight bench. Big John stud fails the attempt, 700 pounds. 655.
1: Yep, he did. So but then says, nope, no do overs. I didn't get
2: one. You didn't get one. So they move on. And we move to a match with the Samoans versus Adrian Adonis and Dick Murdoch. I believe I called Gorilla Monsoon and Lord Alfred Hayes on commentary.
1: You are correct. And this was the match that was teased and brawl to end it all that they were talking about in the madison square gardens that
2: we've been waiting for and it did not disappoint until the end (laughs) special guest referee captain lou always like captain lou like his antics and shenanigans
1: does do the best promos that i know of or at least vignettes not really promos but vignettes
2: oh yeah definitely moving to the match i always like to watch the samoans wrestle and their opponents' reactions to the Samoans. To me, it's sort of like building up a mud mountain. No matter what you do, it's just going to fall back down, and you're just going to be exhausted and want to give up because they are very rugged and tough individuals. And I believe Samoa number two is Roman Reigns' grandfather. Samoa number two would be Roman
1: Reigns' dad, actually.
2: Oh. Yeah. There you go. This is Diddy. I say it on the Father's Day thing. Yeah,
1: it was also father of the now-passed Rosie.
2: Which one was that one?
1: That was Um Umar. Umaga came out with Umaga, ah, the okay. seven-minute squad or something like
2: that. Umaga died. didn't know that. Yeah, Umaga
1: died as well. Well,
2: folks, don't get into wrestling because you die young. <laughs> and nobody knows about it.
1: Yeah, it's hard to keep up. Some people think Dusty Rhodes died this year, so. No
2: comment. <laughs> no comment at all. <laughs> Damn Facebook. <laughs> So in
1: this match, they didn't end up getting the famous headbutt Samoan shot in, so kudos for that. I don't think it's an official Samoan match unless that happens at some point. Poor Dick Murdoch tried to ram their two heads together and they went together and just came back looking at am like, what the hell were you thinking? No effect, as usual. Then they headbutted him and he acted like he got hit by a
2: brick truck. Yes, when two Samoans put their head together, nothing happens. <laughs> Exactly. And then we fall closer to the end of the match where the Samoans, well, we'll just flat out say it. Lou Albano and his shenanigans is the reason the Samoans lost the match. What? I don't know. I don't think so.
1: When the ref tells you to get back, you need to get back. And if you don't and you push him, oh, you can disqualify at any time. Lou Albano doesn't take Jack from no one. That's all.
2: I don't, I don't think I agree. I've seen a lot of referees ignore the other wrestler, especially when there's a pinfall which supersedes any outside interference. Well, we will agree to disagree. All right, fair enough. (laughs) But it does end in a DQ on the Samoans, and the Samoans does not take that likely and starts beating up on Lou Albano and dick murdoch and adrian donis comes to the rescue to no avail because they end up getting tossed out of the ring along with lou albano and they forgot something very important
1: their dignity
2: and their championships
1: oh and their championships yes it's pretty comical that part i was wondering how they were going to get them back because they were all the way up the aisle and all of a sudden they're coming back yeah for their belts
2: i've seen that and i like the way the Samoans taunted them (laughs) you want to come and get it i don't know if they ever get winded no to me they just like they were just full on all the time.
1: Did you notice when they had him in the sleeper hole there, the one move that Hulk Hogan noticed that was being done by the Smolens?
2: The windshield wiper finger?
1: The windshield wiper, finger waving, Hulkster, I'm hulking up move. Hogan's like, hey brother, I like that. I'm stealing
2: it. I'm Hulk Hogan. I ain't nothing you can do about it, brother. Yep, I'm the
1: champion. But yeah, I thought that was kind of funny. I hadn't seen that in a while.
2: Yeah, they don't do sleeper holes much anymore.
1: No, it's like the guys are in better shape or something. Don't need your I don't know
2: some drugs exactly, but yeah, I, I seen that. And I was like, oh, that's cute. Hulk Hogan. Yep. The
1: Samoans are hooking up. Mm. It's like, oh, they got this. They're taking this gold. Here comes the big
2: boot. Leg drop. Boom. Yep.
1: One, two, three. You have to count it, Lou. But at last, no.
2: He didn't want no part of that. Nope. I didn't agree with. I thought he should have counted. Counted. Call it done. But yeah, I did like the way they held the belts, and I wasn't sure if they were going to actually go in the ring and get their belts, or if they were going to wait till after the match and then get give it to them off stage. But no, they come in and got it, and Samoa number one looked like he was going to use the belt against Murdoch, and Murdoch was able to block it and steal the belt and smack him up a couple times long enough to get the belts and get the heck out of there.
1: And we'll have to see the next appearance of Adrian Adonis and Dick Murdoch if Captain Lou is their new manager, because nothing was mentioned as to why he was leaving at the same time and why he came back with them.
2: Yeah, I don't think so. Actually, I was kind of looking. I don't remember seeing anything as a new manager. Uh, perhaps he's their new
1: clients but who knows. Maybe we'll get to see about it on TNT and maybe they'll never mention it again. We'll find out. I'm excited. I am too excited. Next they have our famous mailbag segment with L.A.H. reading viewer mail. Not a bad delivery this time.
2: It is a very special delivery and with even a kiss to seal the deal.
1: Yes, Alfred's favorite type of deliveries.
2: (laughs) Definitely. I think he loves the big kiss versus taking it in the I believe I've heard him say that a couple times.
1: We're getting gypped in these mailbags here recently. We're down to two questions and sometimes just one. But I guess they're making up for it with the other segment. They run
2: out of ideas. Yeah, I'm not too quaint about that. I need to start picking up some questions. But I guess they do have another, the love segments. I guess I should say that they are bringing, I guess that's sort of compensating for the write-ins.
1: Yeah, that's what I figure. The writing staff has gone on to do that instead of this mailbag segment.
2: Now, the question, do you remember all the wrestlers
1: he listed? I do because i actually wrote it down so the viewers saying they remember gorgeous george tony rocker bill logson chief big heart and many other stars from years ago and would like to know how they would shape up with the wrestlers of today and out of that group the only one i've ever heard of was gorgeous george
2: yeah never heard any of them Like I said, till we started doing this, never heard of any of them, which is one reason I do like doing these podcasts, because you kind of learn from the beginning forward up to what you do watch now. And you see a lot of influences on different wrestlers.
1: Yep. This is true. You get to learn about the past and relate it to the present. And I believe Vince
2: has Lord Alfred Hayes answer this question. And he says that he doesn't think anybody in the past that could stay up to par with today's talent.
1: Vince says he's too young to know the answer to this. Lord, Lord Alfred, you wrestled with these guys. You answer it. <laughs> that leads to our mailbag jip of just one question. Next up, Bruno San Martino. Bruno. Bruno comes on the set, and since they had a crappy mailbag, they ask him the same question that Lord Alfred Hayes was asked. He says, "Better athletes for today, but Argentina Rock could make a good count of himself. Whatever that means. I guess he just means he would do okay." I don't know. Never heard of a good count of himself.
2: Now, I think he also mentioned that it would be a battle due to the strict diet and everything we know now to wrestling versus what they knew then is why the younger generation would have the advantage over the older generation. But I think the older generation a hell of a lot more tougher than <laughs> what we have now.
1: Yeah. Bruno San Martino does do a Weight Watchers promo. He mentions weight a lot in this. He goes that he would... Weighed 275 and now he weighs 230. He ran eight miles a day. We get interrupted by another squeaky door, and he said he was wrestling around 240 when he retired. As he got a little lighter, he noticed his quickness was still there and his strength was still good, but it was easier and he was faster, so he got down to 240 before he retired. And Vince thinks he could still go, but I think that's just Vince talking
2: him up. I was sort of inspired by his weight loss story there, that Jenny Craig moment he had.
1: I was waiting for him to say he'd like to thank the Hogan Pill Packs for helping him and Protein powder
2: ain't about that hogan like <laughs> you know before you put powder in a blender you know
1: yeah it's back when they had cauliflower for ears. oh
2: yeah but yeah he did sort of inspire me there because that was always my biggest fear of losing weight is to lose your strength and lose your muscle that you have he's like no no you're good you're quicker you're still strong go
1: for it i've never been strong so i didn't have to worry about any of that i go. was just like yeah let's just lose weight <laughs> who cares i'll still be weak
2: but you'll be quick yes
1: and i won't have anything to blame it on (laughs) because apparently it doesn't change thanks bruno thanks a lot buddy (laughs)
2: So after that, he cut to a video. I'm not going to call it a wrestling match, all right? Because I didn't see any wrestling. I just saw a beatdown. That's (laughs) why I saw a brawler. (laughs) A a
1: bulldog brawler at that.
2: It looked horrible.
1: It was Bruno versus Bulldog brawler. And we don't get a real finish. So I guess we can't call it a real match. They stop it because of blood. Because Bulldog, unlike Sergeant Slaughter, knows how
2: to juice. Oh, yeah, and He was juicing It's blood everywhere, like a fountain. But I love how we got back from the video to the studio, and then he mentions about learning to adapt with the different wrestling styles. He chopped B. Brian Blair, I guess. Versus the beatdown we just watched.
1: <laughs> blood... I adapted. I said, ref, look, he's all bloody. Let me win.
2: One, two, three. Done. Yep. That's it. And we also learned that people have been still asking I think you said earlier that Vince asked, come on back to wrestling. And I think this is one of the smartest things that I've heard any of the wrestlers say is that he retired for personal reasons. And he didn't retire because he wasn't able to wrestle anymore. That he retired because being with family. And I don't know if he just didn't want to do it no more. He didn't really say. It's part of the personal reasons, I guess.
1: Not really sure what all went into his retirement decisions, but apparently he wanted to try to train up his boy for one. And keep keep trying, Bruno. We get to see his boy up in our next segment. I got it listed as a jip. I don't remember if that was the case or not. It seemed like they introduced him, but maybe I'm wrong.
2: No, I think they were in the middle of the match because it wasn't a very long match. That's true. It was more of, hey, look, at him. Scoop, slam, one, two, three, pin, hook in the leg. Now David won the match. That was pretty much all I remembered out of it anyway. Yeah, it was
1: David San Martin with McMahon and Daddy on commentary, so if you ever want to talk up a wrestler, make sure your dad's on commentary and he'll talk you up. Definitely. What was comical I thought about the match was David San Martino stands at an impressive 5'8", and Ron Shaw is about 6'4", so real big size differential there.
2: It's not about the size of the dog in the fight, it's about the size of the fight in the dog.
1: Which Bruno was only 5'10", so different air, different heights. But, yeah, you put a guy in there, it's 5'8 against a 6'4. He doesn't look as impressive unless he's a putzki or something. (laughs) A muscle. Exactly. (laughs) Then he can kind of make up the lack of height with with his horizontal
2: impressiveness. He's the rock, but shorter.
1: Yeah. What I have for the finish is David Sammartino throws him into the ropes, does a power slam, gets the win, and that he loves him, some Ron Shaw. (laughs) Because when he did that power slam, he, like Vince with Lord Alfred Hayes, got him a big old
2: handful. And his disturbing, hilarious, <laughs> all in the same.
1: I was like, really? Couldn't just slam him normal, huh? But okay.
2: Guess that's why Ron didn't get back up. <laughs> yeah, Makes sense. Like Okay, you win. <laughs> I'll stay down.
1: Yeah, that might have been part of his hidden finisher that most people don't catch, but I caught it, unfortunately.
2: Yeah, I didn't pay a lot of attention to it because it was a. <laughs> uh, I wish I didn't. <laughs> it was a match in progress, and usually those I don't give too much attention to. <laughs>
1: Well, we go back to the set and they want to continue talking to Bruno San Martino, but our former past guest will have none of it. He wants another chance, another chance to list 655 pounds for 700 in WWF world. John Studd comes back out bursting
2: on the scene. I was expecting it. I just didn't know when he was going to come out, but I do like Bruno's confidence in him. Yeah,
1: apparently Bruno's in on the gag of 700 pounds is really... 655 and agrees to be his spotter and once again big john stud complains of a terrible lift
2: and hey, you put the microphone down
1: you have to be ready for comments and questions like what goes through your head before you get ready to do this which is an excellent question mind-blowing questions yes
2: <laughs> like what do you think the steel exactly the weights. Not women. Nothing. to steal. Pushing that weight. That's all he thinks about.
1: And on his second attempt, he is successful. Congratulations. Not a new world record. 6.55. Ta-da.
2: Magically, he did it the second time. I told you, if he wouldn't have did that little warm-up rep with that 6.30, he could have went on my home a long time ago.
1: This is true, and we could have got more captivating questions with Bruno.
2: Bruno time. Oh, yeah. All right. The best segment. of of the show is coming up next
1: the email question replacer more questions more
2: viewers allegedly we're writing staff.
3: some listeners may find the following clip disturbing
2: parental discretion is advised. Definitely. So they say. We'll see how it goes. Joined
3: by
1: pinky Ringware, Fred Blassie. Sometimes he's Freddy, sometimes he's Fred. I don't know what separates the two, but this time it was Fred Blassie.
2: I think it depends who he's managing.
1: Yeah, maybe so.
2: And I believe we do have some sound clips of this gold segment.
1: Yeah, they were able to get off three questions this time for this segment. So we got a total of four questions, I guess, from viewers if you want to add this one up and manage Let's see. First one, is there a huge fan of TNT? What a shock. Husband doesn't pay attention to her after TNT is over.
2: What kind of attention? See, those are the questions that nobody asked.
1: Yeah, that's Vince being a crappy journalist. No follow-ups.
2: Definitely. I'd have wrote back with more details.
1: Yeah, that's what I would have told him, too. Definitely. Not sure what you mean. Write us back next week. Next question.
2: Moving on through that bag. Move them questions up. Through.
1: Exactly. So Mr. Freddie Blassey says try taking a bath, maybe some underarm deodorant, shave under the pits.
2: Yep, shaving your legs. Yep. And called her a goofy broad. Also said maybe she has dirty sheets. And ladies and gentlemen, feel free to urban dictionary the term dirty sheets. Oh,
1: yeah. Vince tries to help Freddy in his senile meltdown and says TNT's the problem. He should enjoy TNT, but he should enjoy her too. And then, yep, Freddy says maybe the sheets are dirty. Second question. Husband loves the WWF. she imagine that? Praxis has holes on her and sometimes does the superfly leap from the top of the dresser and it's too much. What do they suggest? And Freddy's classic answer was
0: I can understand you know when he leaps like that I mean if he doesn't do it just right it's not gonna make hit the mark you know what I'm talking about that could be a catastrophe that certainly could For both of them I mean he might as he leaps bend a little bit but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know you know uh... oh
1: yeah freddy won't be back yet to never join us again lawyers are on the phone not good so vince doesn't even try to clarify that one He's like next okay yep yep that's right freddy yep ends uh huh. last question a 60 year old wants to meet a wrestler door squeak and freddy blassie suggests sergeant slaughter or perhaps cheeto santana mr hulk hogan tonga kid and vince is quick to say tonga kids only 18 and then he says Samoans and then they go to commercial
2: do you know what the commercial is no I don't know either they didn't show (laughs) it kind of sad I'd like to see the commercials that they would promo in between
1: I think the commercial might have been
2: hi I am Bosley
1: but maybe not I don't know that's what I envision every commercial to be buy those shirts people come on spreadsheet please yeah what he said (laughs) next up yes finally some dancing I can appreciate (sighs)
2: Yes. About time to move over, dirty dancing. This is it. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. That means only one thing the Tonga kid appears. All
1: his Tonga dancers. Yes,
2: and he really did appear out of nowhere. If you were not focused on him entering the circle of ladies, (laughs) anyway, for me, he appeared out of nowhere. (laughs) Whoa, where'd he come from? Look at that guy.
1: There's about, I don't know, eight, nine ladies in hula skirts dancing. So, yeah, it was very distracting.
2: I was good with it. Yeah. Definitely.
1: Apparently this 18-year-old knows how to roll.
2: Oh, yeah. For sure. And we learned that him being so young that he don't really have to train. That he kind of just goes out there and goes with the flow and he kind of learns on the fly.
1: I agree. Like on his interviews. <laughs>
2: Very much so.
1: He's only 18. He didn't do a bad job for an 18-year-old. But yeah, I still need some work.
2: Right. At least he spoke up.
1: Exactly. He was not Mr. Boatman.
2: Definitely not. And we do know that he is awaiting a chance at a challenge at Roddy Roddy Piper. Don't know how wise that is.
1: surprised they could
2: even talk about him on TNT. I'm surprised Lord Alfred Hayes didn't chime in. Uh, Piper, where? Where? I got a girl Who let him hit me. Not again. Not in the face. That's how I make my living. <laughs> Definitely. Like the old Hayes. He's a good guy. Uh, I don't know what Piper's beef was
1: with them. Then we go to match number four of this episode, Ted Grizzly, that's spelled like you should, versus Tonga Kid. And this was another Maple Leaf wrestling classic. We got Jack Reynolds and Angelo Moscow on commentating. And we have a special guest in the audience, which was kind of a distraction since we didn't know the backstory on that.
2: Yeah. I was really surprised the camera panned on him and he's just doing the hillbilly Jim thing. <laughs> it was like, crossed, smiling, watching Ted Grizzly do his thing, which I was very interested I see that Ted Grizzly resembles one of our very famous characters on Super Punch-Out.
1: Which character would that be?
2: Mr. Grizzly. Maybe that's
1: where they stole it from. They were huge Ted Grizzly fans.
2: Definitely. Yeah, he had the coveralls, everything, looked at him almost identically.
1: I guess maybe they were going for some kind of Hatfields and McCoys type deal. They were commenting that Hillbilly kind of looked like him, but he he looked mm-hmm. like a nicer version so maybe these guys were about to work a feud where one was good and one was bad they dressed alike and had some beef from the past only can imagine because tnt doesn't always tell
2: you everything that's true very true then of course Tonga kid wins the match with the classic jimmy snooker superfly off the top rope and down on grizzly gimmick infringement and he looks yeah. at the camera and said, this is for you, Snooker. Snooker says, that's the truth. Very calmly and peacefully. Yes. And probably some other psycho bad stuff. That <laughs> Definitely. Doesn't make any sense. And then we go back to the set and we learn that the reason why he's wanting a chance at Roddy Piper was because of the Piper's pit incident that happened. He's wanting
1: some retribution. And then we just wanted some of those bananas and coconuts that Piper was offering. What are you trying to say? Fuji people like fruit. It's part of their balanced diet. I don't know.
2: Question. Okay. What is the last Samoan to wrestle in only feet with
1: no boots? Do you want a WWF answer, or do you want a true story answer? Let's go with both. Okay. Well, it would be Omaga, but if I throw him out, then it would be Yokozuna, who hails from Japan, if you want to believe WWF, but is really a Samoan and was from the same area as Rock and all them. He would actually be my choice for last person. Do you have someone different?
2: No, I was just asking. I didn't know as I, was, no. as I was watching the, in the segment I noticed that he was barefooted even on the show he was barefooted and I noticed that Roman Reigns which is Samoan and The Rock which is Samoan had boots on. Yeah
1: Jimmy wore boots occasionally later on I don't know maybe he had some foot issues and he started wearing them. I remember in the late 80s maybe early 90s they were even making an angle out of it where he would start to go up on the top ropes and because he had boots on he couldn't quite get there or whatever and it's like oh it's those boots he's not used to wearing boots and that's why he couldn't do that and this and yeah i can't remember if he lost those matches or if maybe he just wasn't able to fly from the top ropes or something but yeah i remember they did a whole angle around him wearing boots now i'll
2: have to look that up i know that i was just curious about that
1: He did stop wearing them because my former boss who did indie wrestling and snooker was doing that for a while around here and he wrestled him and he was barefoot so eventually went back to being barefoot
2: oh neat yeah. learn something new every day Okay. Definitely. So next segment is Tonga Kid shows Vince and Alfred how to hula.
1: Once again, the ladies are back. Unfortunately, they have a leader and she's pretty annoying. I kind of wanted her to be on mute. I did mute her. Yeah, she was very loud and didn't seem to grasp to improv. She was like, I'm sticking to my script and you guys aren't going to make me not. They were doing one thing and she was still trying to get them to do another even though they were doing something else and having difficulties. It's like, no, they can't. Can't do that. since his yep. skirt fell down.
2: Yeah, that was noted. And I think the other thing I noted is white man can't dance. So yeah,
1: probably wasn't a good segment for the white man. At least
2: older white man, especially yeah. British overseas. <laughs> yeah, he was not doing anybody favors. That's for sure.
1: No, boy George would have disowned his uncle on that one.
2: Shake it, Alfred. Shake it. All right,
1: please don't, Alfred. Please don't.
2: Don't throw your hip out in the process. But hey, get down. <laughs> I'm going to deny man a good time so tell them ladies bouncing around or shaking around, I guess you would say.
1: Yes, it was very shaking going on. We'll add clips for that later also for good music.
2: Oh, of course, all about the music. Oh, yeah.
1: Next, they have food. And this is the one time I kind of wish I was there. Have you ever had wild duck? before?
2: I have not.
1: I loved it. I've had it twice. I've got a Sam's Club actually makes a turducken. I had that one Thanksgiving and I've also when I was in Portland I had some duck wings instead of buffalo wings and they were most delicious. So I love wild duck. Portland. Portland, Oregon. Oh. Unfortunately it seems like Lord Alfred Hayes and Vince do not because they're still making fun of it. I didn't think the Tonga soup looked that good. It looked like a salad i Odyssey. other than that, everything else sounded okay.
2: You are a world traveler, huh? Yeah, it was for work. Oh. On the peak yard. Gotcha. I was like, damn, you come from Florida, <laughs> then North Carolina, then
1: Oregon? Oh, my God. That's so when I went out ah, to okay. Oregon for a wedding. Gotcha. I was at <laughs> expense. I went to Portland and had some duck wings.
2: Very nice. Very nice.
1: So, wild banana didn't look as appetizing, but, I mean, that might have just been because of the way they were making fun of it. Who knows? Couldn't really tell. It looked like it was deep fried or something.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't excited about eating it to be honest with you, but Alfred didn't seem to mind. No,
1: until he tasted it and he said it was it was wild banana. <laughs> Tonga fried rice look like Chinese
2: rice. Yeah, it's free food. I don't know why they complain.
1: I know, man. You guys don't want to do it. Um, Vince runs the place. uh, You could just... 86. (laughs)
2: Hello. you know. But they have actually come a long way from the very first food segment.
1: (laughs) Yes, they finally get the wrestlers to stop trying to prepare the foods themselves. (laughs) At least for Samoans, we should say, because we all know Boatman tried and prepared stuff. But yeah, Samoans preparing food, Nope, not a good idea. Yeah. Nope. I just had it pre-prepared and took them out there.
2: I was impressed and a little jealous, to be honest with
1: you. Yeah, I would have liked to be on set for that one. I might not have tried everything, like the soup that looked like a salad, but I uh, have went after that duck. There wouldn't have been any of that <laughs> left after I got done.
2: Oh, you know it was good, too. Oh, yeah, I'm
1: sure. Probably some of the best meals the production team got to have was while they were out there in the TNT set.
2: Definitely.
1: Last up, we have the review. Mm-hmm. Would you like to go into detail of who our special review was? person was this week?
2: Um, other than Junkyard Dog, J-Y-D.
1: Woof, woof. I guess this is our new review, just one wrestler and some of his matches.
2: Yeah, but not to spool 13 for anybody, uh, but... Spoilers, buggy f- ears. But at least... Go ahead. ...that reviews are legitimate.
1: They are legitimate? That's, that's all I'm saying. Okay. No beeps needed, then. We'll let it do out.
2: Yep. Nope. Nothing crazy.
1: So his first opponent is one half of our favorite mixed drink, Jerry Valiant. The gentleman's valiant max blue smirnoff that we created a couple of episodes ago. It starts with Valent getting a hold of JYD. He gets a hold of his link of chain, and somehow JYD's able to get out and scoop slam and get a one, two, three. So take that.
2: His scoop slam is kind of unique Because he picks you up and then he holds you But the blood go to the brain, then slams you And then doesn't he bother hooking the leg or pinning the shoulders You just know you're not getting up
1: It's his big thump, is what they're calling it I approve I thought his big thump was something else But apparently it's that slam, so I was educated On that first match we had Vince and Bruno Doing some commentating Next we go out to Canada And he's facing our favorite singer Paul Vachon And apparently he's seeing Paul Paul's other matches and decides to bite on him before Paul has a chance to bite him.
2: I think uh, Mike Tyson saw this fight.
1: Possibility might have inspired him. You can get away with that. I think so. You can do that. Yeah. So he does another big thump power slam and one, two, three.
2: Done. Big thump.
1: Lastly, they didn't have these in great order because they go with the same guy that's already had to wrestle David San Martino tonight. And I know it's the same one because he's wearing the same attire. Ugh. It's Ron Shaw with Vince Solo. So I guess Bruno had to step out for this one. He was maybe backstage with his boy congratulating him on his big win earlier.
2: Dirty ring gear.
1: Dirty smelly. I'm sure that was probably his weapon against JYD. Shaw saw the other match with Paul Vachon and JYD, and he's like, I'm going to start biting him. (laughs) So he takes a chunk out of him. last, don't ever bite a dog. That's right. So he big thump, power slams him. One, two, three.
2: Done that is the ball game right there big slam go home because you ain't getting up we
1: come to our conclusion of tuesday night titans with a dance off everybody gets back into a circle and they all start dancing again (laughs)
2: put some music in there
1: okay so comparing episode 12 to what we've seen in the past finally 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 one question were you able to watch this without getting distracted by the surround screen bleeding that was going on it's like almost every edge the video in the background was not aligned properly so you're watching either a recorded match and you can see in the background what was going on on the set or or vice versa it's like man i think i'll watch this three times just to just yeah. see what's going on in the background <laughs> this time get some extra views
2: yes Exactly right. Exactly right. And
1: we'll put a picture of this up on our webpage so you guys can see what we're talking about. But it was very distracting. Between that, the door <laughs> creaking, and the audio issues with Tito, it was just a very distracting episode.
2: Yep. Not a lot of differences so far. Um, I think maybe they're working on the quality of the video and the guests. Uh, they're hitting every part of the culture. I believe everybody they can grab, they're bringing in a wide variety of uh, wrestlers.
1: they got to run out of culture at some point out would think
2: eventually eventually
1: they're gonna just be um okay so this guy's from
2: insert state yeah
1: ohio what do they eat in ohio any cool people from ohio oh yeah looks like possibly they're getting rid of some matches though they've only had really four matches on this card starting to get filled with more tnt segments and less matches sort of like raw
2: Thank you. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I kind of like it because they kind of like learning about the wrestlers a little bit. I like the matches as well. I think the Tuesday Night Titans, I like the different guests and learning about their character, I guess you could say, more versus with a 20 minute time limit. It's kind of hard to tell a story in the ring, you know, like you can now where there's really no time limit said, but it's sort of implied at the same time. You
1: know who also likes it? Who's that?
2: Brian Blair's grandmother? Oh, yeah. Good old grandma. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's good for us. I don't know how it was in the day for the people that watch all the WWF programming like America. What is it? America Wrestling. Mm-hmm. Or America Superstars. And they have already know these guys. They're aware. And they just want to see some wrestling. Instead, they're seeing Fred Blassie up there reading love letters. I want my NWA back. Yeah. I imagine they had some haters as well on that time frame for the people that were more up to date with all these storylines and knew what was going on. Oh, yeah. So, next episode, we get to see Sergeant Slaughter, Brutus Beefcake, Baron Miguel Sucluna.
2: And we also get to see JYD, Junkyard Dog, heads up. Which
1: might be the new theme going. We show him in a review, and they'll be coming soon to a television screen near you.
2: Yes. And also, Beefcake, he's
0: back. Yes!
1: He's back. Finally, Leslie. Yes.
0: What do you want? You keep
2: touching my leg!
1: Well, we look forward to that, and thank you for joining
2: us. It's been fun.
1: Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your friends' family, tell your family's friends to download the Tag Team Podcast.
0: Follow us on social media. On Facebook, facebook.com forward slash the Tag Team Podcast. On Twitter, at Tag Team Podcast. On Google Plus, the Tag Team Podcast. Email us at the Tag Team podcast at gmail.com. Leave us a voicemail on the tagline. 6016544 tag that's 6016544824. You can also listen on SoundCloud by searching the Tag Team Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Tag Team Podcast. Join Jeff and John next week as they continue to break down WWF Tuesday Night Titans. I know what a knee feels like, I've had it before.